second episode of Honey, This Podcast Isn't Big Enough for the Two of Us. I'm EJ. I'm Marin. Well, hello, hello. <laughs> um, and we're, we're here so excited to bring you a second episode. Yeah, the response to this podcast has been like so immediate and kind. And it's mm-hmm. so exciting to hear from other queer folks that this has like been something they've been missing. That's been so awesome to hear. Yeah, every time that someone has left even the tiniest little comment, we've texted it back and forth to each other. So excited to see all of that. So thank you to everybody who's who's listened so far. Yeah, it's hopefully really we don't to... like let you down. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, now we're like, oh man, we gotta let we gotta make it good. <laughs> we we gotta be interesting. Shit. But um, hey, but that's just, okay. like hold us accountable, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If we start yeah. boring you, tell us. So EJ. Yeah, what's up? Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month! Well, yeah, when we were last recording, it was not Pride Month. We it, it's several weeks have passed. It's now Pride Month. Happy Pride, gays! Mm-hmm. Happy Pride, gays! I hope that everyone else who is listening is having a wonderful and lovely Pride Month. How are you? How are you celebrating your Pride Month? I'm really not doing much, honestly. I am just as gay as I normally am. I wore okay. I did wear the little Gerard shorts outfit, like my own version of it, and that felt that felt like a good little outfit. <laughs> We both bought, shout out to uh, at Birdloaf on Instagram. We both bought yeah. the at Birdloaf um, Gerard Crotch t-shirt today, which I think Brilliant. is pride, you know? Um, I'm excited to wear it with my own bat belt buckle. Um, I think that will look cool. Yeah, that's camp, baby. That's camp, baby. <laughs> um, how, have you been, how, how have you been celebrating your pride month? Um, just, you know, wearing wearing a leg harness on the street, uh, eating a cookie, <laughs> what I want, trying to drink enough water, and just general tomfoolery, I would say. Yeah. So our episode today, I think we should preface this with, um, it's going to be a little different than our first episode, but not a lot different. In our first episode, we, we had a, a source material. We had a, we had a, a text um, that was critical theory that we read and we used to analyze MCR. And we're going to do it a little different this time, but we'll probably come back to the text format soon, eventually. I already got ideas for other stuff that I want to read, but we are going to talk this week more specifically about gender in MCR's lyrics and storytelling, do some close readings of a few songs, and kind of build our own theory out of that rather than using other critical theory to to analyze through that kind of lens yeah the through line here is we're we're, is we're doing critical analysis that generally has to do with gender and sexuality throughout all these podcasts sometimes we'll have a text sometimes we won't and and you'll all have to deal with (laughs) yeah because we're having fun and i think that's what matters and if you think of a text that goes along with it, send it our way. Like, happy yes. to start a reading list, you know? Let us know. Send us a send us a text. Send us what it makes you think of. And maybe we'll discuss it. Maybe we'll circulate it. We'll see what we want to do with it. Yeah. Also, like, just to say right now, there is, like, seriously uh, so much about gender in My Chemical Romance. So oh this will not even be scraping the surface. We will talk much more about gender in many other songs and many other places in MCR. This is just going to be starting with one thing in particular. And what is that, EJ? So the theme, the specific gendery theme that we are going to talk about this week um, is the Demolition Lovers. 
and the the story of the demolition lovers how the demolition lovers show up in different songs across albums and how the gendered theme between these two characters lights up different ideas for us i think is the most broad way of putting it we've got a lot to say the reason why we want to talk about the demo lovers initially is because it's like we feel like theoretically and like analytically it's kind of a like a microcosm for like gender and the rest of like a lot of the albums and stuff like that. Like a lot of the themes that we're gonna talk about and a lot of the ways that like gender is is relayed and like talked about and like hidden and um, explored, all of those things um, is like consistent across a lot of Gerard's work, both in MCR and outside of MCR, but like really can be like analyzed pretty easily as a starting point with the demo lovers. Yeah, and I think the demo lovers are also particularly interesting because there there is like there is this binary concept of mm-hmm. masculinity and femininity yeah. that's able to play off of each other. And you know, we can look on a surface level at the story and be like, it's a heterosexual story. And right. I'm not interested. But again, let's suspend that judgment. Right. Um, it's a lot more interesting than that. It's a story. It's a story. It. So like it's yeah. not it doesn't need to be literal. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there are so many other things that once you start to look more closely at the songs with these characters that pop out and you're like, whoa, I hadn't considered that before. Yeah. And what does this mean for the way that the person writing these songs is thinking about gender? Right. Um, we can start to, to draw some, not conclusions, but right. some, it's, it's, it's analysis. Totally. It is. Um, hey, it's analysis. <laughs> Hey, it's analysis. Can we say one more time that we're doing critical analysis? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's critical analysis this time. What's the Demo Lovers? What are they? Who are, who are they? So when I think of the Demo Lovers, the, the characteristic Demo Lovers, I think of the cover of Revenge. Totally. That that is kind of the narrative that shapes Revenge, but we've also got the song Demolition Lovers yeah. on Bullets. Right. So obviously it starts before Revenge. Yeah. So the concept of the demolition lovers appears initially in bullets, where yeah. where there's maybe some some dispute. We might have some contention. We might have some contention about this. Fine, we can fight about this another time. Um, another time, as in later in this podcast, um, we can fight about it and brawl about it and have verbal sparring. Since this is contentious, let's start instead with the song "Demolition Lovers" because we can agree that this is narratively yeah uh, sure pretty right right right. I mean, it's called "Demolition Lovers," yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, it starts in bullets, and then it goes on to become a larger plot of revenge, and that plot is... That plot is, so we've got a man and a woman. We've got them. They're in love. They're here and they're in love. But they're also, they're running from the law. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they are. There's the idea of being in a car, um, and then they die in (laughs) the The general (laughs) concept of being in a car. Yeah, they're there. And then, so, she dies. They die, she dies. There's some die. death that happens. There's some death that happens. And he? Um, he is given the opportunity to come back, or he survives, and then he misses the woman who's died and is given the opportunity by the devil. He propositions the devil, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He, of course, the devil shows up. The devil shows and then up. He makes this deal that she will come back to life or he'll get to be with her again if he kills a thousand evil men. Correct. And that's the story throughout Revenge. And then most people also know the, like, 
finale to that is that he's the thousandth evil man and he has to kill himself yep. to be with her. Tough. But Gerard actually thought about that after Revenge was released. Yeah, so he really, he fun. said, hey, that last song really feels like <laughs> maybe he died. <laughs> maybe he dies. Yeah. That's the, that's the surface level story of the Demolition Lovers. Do we miss anything? I think that that's the surface level story. There's some homoerotics. There's some bullets. There's, there's fire. There's etc. Oh, there's blood. There's, there's guns. Blood, there's, there's more There's cars. cowboys. Burt McCracken. There's Burt McCracken. <laughs> is there. He's there. Um, an important side an character. An important side character. In the demo lover's An story. important side character. Some people forget that an important side character is Burt McCracken as himself. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that also we could talk about just like kind of some surface level themes there too and like how this is often read and how I often see people read it or who like do analysis of this like um will often read more not surface level because I don't want to dismiss these these um uh, yeah. analyses I think that they're good analyses um but just like different analyses um that generally like a lot of these songs have to do with addiction suicidality i guess is also yeah there. totally so i mean those are two things that we know gerard has struggled with so it makes sense that this shows up in that story but we can see the way that both of these characters and their conflict um and desire the way that those play off of each other resemble the addiction and suicidality as themes right and i also want to say like all of these things overlap. Like, we are not saying that one reading of the Demolition Lovers story is more true than another. Um, they're all meaningful. And I think that's where we don't want to put valuations on anybody's readings. So with that said, the theme that we want to dig into more um, and to explore and to even advocate for. <laughs> I'd advocate for it. I'm going to advocate for it. Is the idea that the demolition store, the the demolition lovers, is a story about an individual's experience of gender, particularly Gerardway's experience of gender? Is that spicy? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Here's what how I feel about it. I think regardless of who the author is, we can read into the fucking physical text. At the same time, we can take things that Gerard has said publicly publicly and openly that Gerard has publicly said that they have had gender trouble in their past, that they have consistently aligned themselves more with women and transgender folks than men throughout their life consistently. Yeah. And then we can apply what we know about that to the things that they have created without assigning a label to what that sure. means, you know? And yeah, to contextualize this reading with things that we know that he said before, yeah. And that we we know that this is someone who has had, who's thought about their gender a lot. Who has thought um, about their gender a lot. Yeah. Who's thought about their gender a lot. Yeah. Um, and I read the Demolition Lovers story as a, a musing on gender in that way. Mm -hmm. And the idea of the Demolition Lovers reading that we are presenting here today is the idea that these two characters are actually one person's experience of gender. Um the demo lovers are both Gerard. The demo lovers are both Gerard. To put it simply and concisely, the demo lovers are both Gerard. 
Yeah, I I think that, like, knowing that this is somebody who has thought about the way that he relates to masculinity and femininity, this could be read as a way of the, the tension between those two forms of identity that's made binary in this way. And yeah, we, we would like to read some, some song lyrics to think about maybe the places where we can see that being relevant. So let's get into it. We've waffled enough. No more waffling. Weekend waffle report. So is this the part where we have our fight about where the demolition lovers start as a story? Because I think it is essential to this reading of the demolition lovers that they begin in Honey This Mirror. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, this is such sure, a long Do you pause. not have anything to say no, to that? that? <laughs> such a long pause. No, I mean... Should I make my case first? Yeah, why don't you make your case? Because, like, here's how okay. I feel. Here's how I feel. Like, I don't necessarily feel that, like... I don't think that the characters of the Demo Lovers are essential to the readings of these songs. I think that the characters of the Demo Lovers continue and further it in a more concise and, div- like, binary way. But I think that these songs, like, have the, these themes, like, already present of, like, masculinity and femininity femininity and, like, dualism. I don't know. Like, that split. I think it already, like, has that in it and doesn't necessarily need to have the theme and the characters of the Dumbo Livers already there. But I'm willing to hear otherwise. So the way that I understand the Demolition Lovers in the narrative arc of Bullets, I see Honey This Mirror as, like, this is establishing this is not a good relationship. This is not going well. These people cannot get along. We see the same thing in Drowning Lessons, which I think is the next Demolition Lovers song on Bullets. Not all of the songs on Bullets are Demolition Lovers songs. Um, some of them are just about 9-11. Some of them are just about vampires. So some of them are about zombies. Um, so but some of them are about the demolition lovers. Honey, this mirror, we establish a relationship. Drowning lessons. There's specifically this element of killing yeah. that I think is really interesting. Um, and a killing that doesn't ever end. It's something that goes over and over again. There's more of a like resolution that comes in the second half of the album that they do start getting along and that they do start fighting back against something that's bigger than their own internal conflict. And we kind of see that in Sorrows and we kind of see that um, in This Is The Best Day Ever when they escape from the... They meet in the hospital. Uh, <laughs> they escape from the hospital. You keep saying they meet in the hospital and they escape from the hospital. And every time I think they're not... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's these characters. Well, okay, well, let's come back to this. And then... Okay. <laughs> they in the hospital. Okay. They escape from the hospital. <laughs> what? They escape <laughs> the hospital? What the fuck? <laughs> because they're in... Do we need to pull up the lyrics I for know. this is the best day ever? I know the lyrics. I, don't think so. I think that's outside of the scope. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're on the run from the hospital. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where they're now... They're in trouble for running away from the hospital. And this is why... They're chased by the cops. Also, they're doing crime along the way. But that's also part okay. of it. And then that results in You the know shootout. how the cops chase you when you leave the hospital? It could, you could be in the hospital for several reasons. It could be a mental health crisis that you have to be in the hospital for. Sure. Yeah. Suspend your disbelief, I just think please. it was... The way you said it was really funny. <laughs> oh, demolition lovers. Escape from the hospital. <laughs> Oh, boy. I feel like I just gave myself acid reflux. (laughs) (laughs) 
the reason you mentioned earlier, you said earlier, that it seems like this can't be a cohesive character, right? Like, this I, can't be cohesive I don't. Characters. I mean, okay, I don't think that it can't be. I just didn't read it that way. That doesn't mean other people yeah. don't. Like, I do. And the way that I think about it is that there's this cyclical killing that we see in Drowning Lessons that we know that these are not, like, stable entities if they can die again and again and, in theory, live different lives. That's the case that I would make for Okay, cool. Um, and you don't think that that's... Yeah. Like, because, okay, because in my head, I read that and I'm like, it's a metaphor. Well, it can be both. No, I know. Yeah. Here's the thing. You're so right. It can be both. Yes, and. Maybe we should get into some lyrical analysis. So let's look at Honey This Mirror, shall we? I'm ready to look at it. Because we both have opinions about the way that this song talks about gender, whether we link it to the story of the demolition lovers or not. So, oh, I guess I can just preface, preface more broadly. The reason that I'm interested in this song for analyzing the theme that the demolition lovers are both Gerard is because this song has the, like, the theme, the figure of the mirror yeah. in it. And a mirror lets us think about, like, the splitting of a person, right? Like, there's yourself and there's your reflection. And there can either be a match there or a mismatch. Right. And if we think about these two figures um, or any relationship that comes up in an MCR song as a splitting of a single identity into pieces rather than two separate identities, I think that becomes super interesting. Yeah. Why else would this song be called Honey, This Mirror Isn't Big Enough for the Two of Us? That's a weird title. That's the title alone. Now, MCR has some weird titles, but the title alone sets us up for the idea of a mirror that cannot hold a, a multiplicity, right? Totally. Like, that there totally. is a break between between separate pieces. Yeah. Which could be masculinity and femininity in this reading, or it could be the two sides of the demolition lovers that go on to do more. Right. Right? Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, we we see the break that there's like a, a desire for a kind of integration between those pieces with the baby let me in, the we're not working out, that this, that like that unity can't be possible, that there is a, a split and a mismatch in their reflection. I think that this is also really, because like, I mean, if you do like a surface level, like read of this song, you might be like, oh, this is about a breakup. Like you can't touch my brother. Yeah. You can't keep my friends. Um, mm -hmm. But then there's like a couple of lines that really make me go, I'm squinting my eyes. And I feel yeah. that this is like, for example, this vanity I'm breaking lets me live my life like this. What's up with the mirror there? What's going on there? What does that mean? This beauty that yeah. I'm faking lets me live my life like this? What does that what mean? That? <laughs> what does that mean yeah. in the context of this? Uh -huh. Have you swapped characters, Gerard? Is this like, yeah. what beauty are you faking and why is it letting you, you know what I'm saying? Gerard Way swapping characters in the middle of a song? No way! That's unheard of. <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> Relating to that as like beauty, the beauty that you're faking, yeah. that's a very feminine mm -hmm. way to write about the way that you look also. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. I mean like, you Absolutely. know, a historically, stereotypically feminine way to talk about it. But. Mm -hmm. I also want to highlight the never again in the bridge mm -hmm. and the way that I mean we're gonna start like drawing lines to other songs here just I think naturally but that thinking about that in connection with not that kind of girl um <laughs> that repetition of like all my life I let you down not again not again mm -hmm. um 
is very similar. Um, <laughs> it's very similar. And if we read it through the same lens as this song, uh-oh. Yeah. Um, it just makes me think about, like, the impossibility of, like, containing that multiplicity. Yep. Like, I think that this is a song, if we read it through that gendered lens, is the impossibility of being both of these sides of yourself at the same time. Totally. I think that that's not a stretch for these lyrics. And the thing that I think makes that so solid for me is the use of the mirror. Yeah, why is, a, why is there a mirror here if this is just a song about a breakup? And I think this is also a good opportunity to talk about the way that mirrors bookend two different MCR albums. Yeah, when we um. discussed this initially, I was like, holy fucking shit. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. It might be a little bit of a stretch for this album, but we've got the mirror here. And then um, at the at the very end of Demolition Lovers, there's the I'll Meet Your Eyes. I'll, is it I'll See Your Eyes? It's both. Yeah, I'll Meet Your Eyes, I'll See Your Eyes. That it's this meeting of a reflection, right? That there's this connection. Yeah. Um, if we understand the Demolition Lovers as these characters that have been separated into split and ununifiable identities um, through the mirror at the beginning of this song. So that gaze there's a gaze we can get into gaze later um that uh that's happening there and that is like that becomes unified yeah um where it's split at the beginning and that's just for bullets right the mirror also shows up in black parade (laughs) in the end sure does in the mirror and don't like what you see yeah that's pretty much what's happening in this song as well yeah and then it also shows back up in famous last words in this jet black hotel mirror yeah it the if you look at the mirror and don't like what you see we'll have to do a whole episode on like queer time and temporalities yeah but it's this idea of like you feel like your direction in life doesn't necessarily match what it should be and the idea of a a black mirror as a television that you're seeing images um of a world and then the television goes off and you realize that the reflection you're seeing of yourself does not match those images that you've been seeing totally that more frames the narrative of the black parade of like someone not getting to live a full lifespan totally but i think that there's also like such i mean we'll have a we're gonna have a whole other episode on the black parade and gender in the black parade i'm sure um but like i think you can read if you look in the mirror and don't like what you see as a trans specific experience in the black parade as well specifically when tied to like mama (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you should have raised a baby girl Mm -hmm. i should have been a better son just you know when you tie like you can very easily like tie that to gender there too yeah like that line itself really just sums up the rest of the mirror lines in a real concise way you know what i'm saying like all the other uses of mirrors it's like oh okay if you look in a mirror and don't like what you see, you can find out firsthand what it's like to meet me. Got it. Yep. That's yep. Conci- you are you are concise. Yep. Thank you. There, there, there's another, uh, like the figure of mismatch. Yeah. Um, and a splitting that a mirror, um, can do. Totally. And I think that starts right here in in this um, in this song, and that we can use it as a foundational like jumping off point for understanding the characters of the Demolition Lovers 
as that split identity. Sure. And as that yeah. struggle against these two things that can't survive together. Like, that's the violence between right. them. Right, right. That's the, the, um, the central conflict but between these characters in Bullets, as I understand it. Yeah. And I guess that doesn't necessarily have to be part of everyone's Demolition Lovers reading. Um, but I think it makes Drowning Lessons make more sense. What a great lead-in. I think it makes Drowning Lessons make more sense. And the reason that Drowning Lessons necessarily needs to be connected to this, the whole Demolition Lovers narrative is a thousand bodies piled up. Correct. That is in there. That is in there. I think that we do have to tie it to those characters. Yeah, correct. For that reason. Okay. Now, could there be a pile of a thousand bodies separately? So true. From Sometimes the there are. Either I guess there could be. Um, but it's a it's a strange coincidence. Why isn't it a hundred bodies? Why isn't it a million bodies? And that those characters in Drowning Lessons do have that conflict. They do kill. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Um, they do kill. They do kill, and specifically the feminine figure is the one who is killed over and over again, repetitively. Yeah. Tomorrow Um, we'll do it again. Tomorrow we'll do it again. But to start us off, I think that that marriage and drowning in this song, and in other songs, are tied together. So, like, the theme of, of marriage in this song is immediate right imaginary wedding gown that you can't wear in front of Mm me and then rice grains and roses roses. yep rice grains and roses Uh, and then immediately she's being she quote unquote she is being thrown into a well or or dragged down she this is another thing is like is she being strangled where why did i think she was yeah yeah just in red and blue i squeezed okay is she strangled is she drowned does she die multiple times in this song well, she does um, let's say goodbye the hundredth time and yeah then tomorrow we'll do it again she dies again and again in different ways yeah this pops up again in uh to the end in revenge initially right the wedding party is collapsed in the room and then there is um there are people who are drowned in the pool <laughs> So this mm-hmm. theme, again, pops yeah. up of conflating and attaching drowning or water-related deaths to marriage, mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. I think this could also be uh, interesting. This is, again, a tertiary point, but we've talked about how that reminds us of Rocky Horror a lot. Yeah. Um, and the way that that there's a pool uh there <laughs> is an elevator maybe it's just there. that there's a pool and an elevator but like yeah we were there's watching a wedding, there's a party there's a right. wedding there's we had watched um, rocky horror together yeah. and i was like this is really reminding me of the beginning of of to the end he calls the mansion yeah. not a house but a tomb like the mm-hmm. wedding party all collapsed in the room they're all falling down from the time warp <laughs> they do that <laughs> they do fall down <laughs> so my resignation to the bride and the groom brother janet and I think the way that um, there's a wedding at the beginning. It's not Brad and Janet's wedding, but they're watching the wedding. Yeah, yeah. And then they immediately transition into a graveyard. Like, they're walking through right. a graveyard. So the way that marriage and death are conflated there are really interesting. And then Rocky Horror is obviously a very gendery um, story uh, that is about the strictures of gender roles and um and transsexuals yes 
And transsexuals <laughs> and embracing doing whatever the fuck you want because yeah. it's fun. That That's the pool scene, right? That that- um, Give yourself over to absolute not, pleasure. Yeah, like do it. So I think that we can loosely associate those concepts as well here and maybe see where known Rocky Horror fan Gerard Way uh, drew them from maybe possibly. Right, I mean, it's also um, like more blatantly, this is, I mean, we'll just mention- more blatantly, this yeah. is drawn from A Rose for Emily by William Faulkner. A Rose for Emily is about this woman. There's a character named Homer who moves into the town after her father's death. It is stated that he liked men, and it was known that he drank with younger men at the Elks Club, that he that he was not a marrying man. Um, and so she buys some arsenic, and she marries him, or tries to marry him, and then she kills him by poisoning him. And then sleeps in the bed with Homer's corpse. So anyway, anyway, themes of, regardless of where these themes are coming from, whether it's from A Rose for Emily, whether it's from themes that are consistent with other um, media that we know that Gerard Way likes and enjoys and has watched and has taken things from, um, there are themes of drowning and death and homosexuality and queerness and gender roles and things like that coming into this song and then other songs also. For example, in Drowning Lessons, as we are getting back to it now. The stuff that I was thinking about with marriage and drowning. Drowning drowning is one of many forms of death that we see in the MCR extended universe. And we know these Catholic boys love a ritual. Um, they sure do. And death and marriage are major transitionary stages they are what anthropologists maybe he's a sociologist victor turner would call um liminal times or rites of passage um there's your theory ding 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 they're major stages they're they're points of passage um and the thing that makes them different is that marriage is necessarily social like it necessarily involves two different pieces coming together um whereas death is something that's very solitary Mm -hmm. um and that you can only famously experience once and alone famously famously i have heard that drowning however is different than other kinds of deaths because it is also integrative it i this is a little wishy-washy but (laughs) the idea that drowning is becoming filled with water to the point that you are not alive anymore and like maybe you could say the same thing about like smoke inhalation maybe um just to think of other ways of dying but um you're so full of you're so full of bullets (laughs) that you can no longer live (laughs) you're so full of bullets i guess you could yeah eat a whole bunch of bullets i bet you wouldn't live that's so true Um, no i mean but that's true i think that like in terms of like the ways of dying in the MC- in the MCR extended universe, the MCR EU. I would say the only other way of dying that I'm like that's integrative and also feels similarly like tinged with this like this like specifically gendered or like more more broadly queer feeling is flame. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we don't need to talk about that here. We can talk I, I think, think we, we should do, do another episode, episode on yeah. like I think that'll be in our Black Parade gender episode probably. We might need to do a whole Joan of Arc episode. (laughs) I think that's probably the correct idea because (laughs) the only other thing they talk about that like, that I'm like, yeah, that's similar to drowning and that it like really like takes over 
someone's body is like flame and purifying flame, mm-hmm. which is used mm-hmm. over and over again in the MCREU. Yeah, but other than that, like flame maybe overtakes in a certain way, but I think yeah. drowning is more integrative. Yeah, it like it it eats away, I guess. Right, totally. But drowning in water involves some kind of like engulfment. Yeah. Um, or like sinking or being totally surrounded by something to the point that you lose yourself. And as an integrative act, one might say marriage could be the same way, like that there is a, a loss of self in a unity, maybe. How does that relate to the impossibility of uniting those two figures um, in Honey the Smear? Uh, that that could be the same thing that the marriage between them is is impossible and that there's no cohesive self that can result from those two pieces it's kind of bullshit but maybe not um, <laughs> <laughs> this is an important skill that I've learned in graduate school is if you keep talking you might get to a good point <laughs> I also feel like that could just be like a subtitle for this episode <laughs> like, kind of bullshit maybe not <laughs> maybe not kind of like, bullshit maybe not again Get in the comments. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let us know if, if this resonates with you, yeah. I guess. Because yeah. we're just coming up with ideas and things that speak to us and yeah. themes that we see. And maybe it's bullshit. Like, call us out. Tell us that we're wrong. You know what? Wrong. I don't think it's bullshit. And it's I think that I've seen uh, many other folks talk about these things before. The same way that you're reading into this in, like, a gendered way. Like, I think that people have also read into this as, like, as being, again, about addiction. Um, which is obviously very present in drowning lessons and in you know, basically fucking every song in bullets and and revenge um but like i mean washing down an engagement ring with poison and kerosene poison and cyanide and consuming of things like that are very blatant in a lot of these songs. And, like, I think that you can read into the way that, like, Gerard is writing about marriage, both as, like, this, like, inability or this, like, trying to unite these two, like, gendered selves, but also as a way of, like... Is it desire? Is it desire? Yeah, like, I think it's desire. It's a desire that's, like, necessarily destructive. Yeah. Right? Right. That desire to unite those two selves, the desire between these two characters that ultimately is this huge clash. Yeah. And that that destruction we can read as addiction. We can also read it as this inability to contain a multitude of genders or a complex gender. Or we can read it as both. Or we can read it as both. Or maybe something else. Right. Maybe there's another layer on top of this that we haven't thought of yet. Right. Like, and that's, like, what I was thinking about with gender. I'm not gender. With drowning, too. Because, like, I mean, obviously, like, drowning as a metaphor for, like, addiction is not new. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not new. Yeah. Especially as a metaphor for alcoholism. Like. Yeah. Both and. Both? Both and for sure. Should we move on to another song? To the song herself? The song herself. The one, the only. Demolition Lovers. Perhaps my favorite MCR song of all time. Perhaps the one that's on the top of our definitive ranking of every song <laughs> by My Chemical Romance. But holy shit, is this she is good. a good fucking song? <laughs> yeah, what a masterpiece, huh? It's a good song. It. I mean, this is a song that, unlike some other MCR songs, has a clear plot. Like there is something that happens here. There's the development of characters. There's an ending. 
Um, I don't think we can say that of every single song. I mean, definitely in Black Parade, right? Um, but this early on to see it such a meticulously... Yeah, um, not on Bullets, really. I mean, on Revenge, I think yeah. we do see it. In I Never Told You What I Do For A Living, in To The End, in... Oh, oh, yeah. In Hang Em High, yeah, yeah. in... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But something that's this cohesive. What pops out to you about the importance of gender in this song? You have a you have a tattoo of this song, Marin. I do. Yeah, I have a tattoo of the lyrics. All we are is bullets. Um, I don't know that that necessarily has something to do with gender, but maybe it does. I don't know. Okay, if we're reading into this as like the demolition lovers are two sides of the same person, right? As we are doing this reading, the, the lyrics that are immediately like standing up out to me are like. I'm trying to let you know just how much you mean to me after all the things we put each other through. Those are the lyrics that are standing out to me, right? Like, I feel like the lyrics in this song, and like, I mean, you can see this too in terms of like, if you were to just like read this entire album as very blatantly just about Gerard writing about a person in his life, right? I know that like on the liner notes, if we were to read this very blatantly and simply, yeah. Um, on if the we liner were to only no- read the liner notes. Right, if we were only read the liner notes, Gerard said something akin to, sorry about all the songs about killing you, hope that the last one makes up for it. I think yeah. that this song is, like, more, this is like kind of fucked up to say, but, like, more romantic than, like, some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Like, most of the other songs on this album are not romantic at all. This is, like, I would drive on to the end with you. It's, there's a, Like, it's so earnest. I'll let you know just mm-hmm. how much you mean to me. Like... Like, he says that over and over again. I'm trying, I'm trying to let you know how much you mean to me. And in yeah. terms of gender, yes. oh boy. Yeah, like if we if we look at that kind of commitment that comes out of what up to this point has been violence between those two characters and this impossibility of living together, this is where they can live together. Yeah. Right? Like, this is the moment that it does become possible to live with, like, a multiplicity. If we're reading this through the same gender lens. And that's so beautiful. I know. That's so beautiful. And I think that there is this, um, towards the end, like, the recognition of that power. If these are the characters that are running from the cops and they can finally be together and that there is something in their unity that is able to, like, overcome that um, antagonism from outside, mm, I guess, mm-hmm. in, the, in the figure of whoever's gunning them down. That reads to me as, like, that possible unity between those formerly incohesive gender parts is more powerful than anything that can kind of pull it down. Is that cheesy? No, but I think that the thing that keeps it, like, I think, I don't think that that's cheesy, but I also think that the thing that keeps it from being cheesy also in the song is that they're fucking dying together. Yeah. So, like, yeah, there's a unity, but, like, if we're talking about this as gender or we're talking about this as, like, characters, like, there's also a death. So, Mm -hmm. like, death, death, (laughs) Gerard Way said death to gender in this song. (laughs) Gerard Way said, Gerard Way said, Gerard Way said masculinity and femininity come together and die. Mm-hmm. Right, and I mean the way that we know that we will discuss later that death operates in the MCR universe oh, yeah. is that yeah. there is always something beyond that, yeah. right? Like you die and then you come back. Right. Um, you die and then there's there's more killing to be done after that. Um, oh, how wrong we were to think that immortality meant never dying, right? That that's the this the the, the again and again and again of it. Yeah. And I'm also looking at the, but this time I mean it, 
here. Yeah. Um, thinking about that cyclicalness. Similarly to the way that we've seen death over and over again, um, that this is a different result to the way that these characters have been killing each other um, throughout Bullets. Yeah, I'll, I'll meet your eyes. I mean this forever. The audacity. Uh. The fucking audacity to end a song that way. <laughs> Yeah, this idea of dying together instead of just one of these characters being killed. Killing the other yeah. Off. Whoa. And that that's what makes this that's the end of the album, right? right? Like that's a that, that's a turn from the way that killing has happened all Yeah, the totally. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> okay, do we have anything else to say about them all overs? I guess just the this is where the I I'll, I'll meet your eyes. Um but I I'll see your eyes. I'll meet your eyes. That Correct. is also yeah. reminiscent of the mirror. Yeah. That that's mirror that was splitting this person before. Um, if we're reading it that way, that ends up being something that can unify here. That that theme right. kind of comes to a close at the end of the song. In conclusion? Are we done? I feel like we, I mean, like, that's what we had planned to talk about yeah. for the Demolition Lovers, right? Yeah. Like, there's more to it, right? Like, there's all of revenge. We've mostly just talked about it with bullets. Yeah. But I think that's where, like, the meat of this reading is. I think that you can read pretty much every song on Revenge through a similar lens if you want to, you know? Sure, because it's, like, the story... It's a story about desire, right? It's longing, it's loss, and wanting to bring back someone who was lost or something that was lost or a part of oneself that was lost or rejected, right? We can read it through all of those lenses. Right. And then similarly, the way that, to connect it with addiction, the way that that absence is destructive, right? Yeah. And that craving it and seeking it out ends up being destructive. Totally. And impossible. And you know what? I just want to point this out again. We mentioned it at the beginning, and I want to point it out again so that people don't think that we're being stupid and silly for, like, talking about all of these songs through this lens. Gerard Way mm-hmm. themselves <laughs> have talked about struggles with gender and specifically struggles with being a girl to people for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I mm-hmm. think that, you know, if we want to bring this, if we want to bring the writer into the room, which we can do sometimes and sparingly and cautiously, if we want to bring the writer into the room, we can also reference the way that, like, those themes are themes in his life. Um, and it's not silly yeah. for us to analyze those things that way and assume mm-hmm. that, like, gender... Or, or assume or just, like, analyze the way that gender would work for Gerard. Yeah. 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 I don't know why. I mean, like, I brought this up when we planned it, too, right? Like, that that's something that resonates with me. Yeah. But to think about, I don't know, I think about my frustration with the way that, like, non-binary kind of becomes the third gender, right? Mm-hmm. And that there's a prescribed way of being non-binary and a prescribed way of being a they-them, right? That it becomes something that's just as constraining as... Yeah any other gender identity. Yeah. Um, and I think by looking at gender queerness through a more open lens as the way that Gerard Way talks about gender encourages us to do mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't lock it down, we can add this to a reading of more a more open approach to a, a fluid and non-normative gender. Is that fair? Am I closing it off too much? No, I don't think you're closing it off at all. I think that it actually clarifies our point, right? Like, I mean... Yeah. That's why that matters to me. Right. Like, we're not trying to... When we say 
it's not silly for us to read into this because Gerard has talked about their gender deviance. We're not specifically saying like, it's because he's non-binary. We're right. saying it's right. because he has discussed um, experiencing gender differently than, he's discussed being gender non-conforming consistently. Yeah. And I don't even like the word like struggling with gender. Like, I feel like he's figured it out, right? Like he's comfortable and, and. I mean, but he has used, he has used that phrasing before about like yeah, himself yeah. as a younger person. Yeah. I, I guess his struggle does like point towards. The themes that we were talking about. Yeah. The themes that we were talking about. And also that like, that, that, that there, that there is something to struggle against in the first place there. Right. Um. And to exist outside of, and to not necessarily be defined or constrained by. Right. Um, and I think that's really cool. And I think that this is one of many ways to go about thinking about that for oneself, or to open yourself up, if you have a particular experience of non-normative gender, to open yourself up to other ways of thinking about it as well. Yeah, totally. And also, you know, if many queer and trans people connect with specific works for spe- for the same specific reasons over and over again maybe those reasons are in the text yeah and i think that yeah. i have frequently seen queer and trans folks specifically gravitate towards things like the demo lovers and honey this mirror and things like that and being like hey what's up here um and mm-hmm. i think sometimes legions of queer trans people are right um yeah. sometimes we're, hey sometimes we're not and i'm saying that with sometimes my we're really sometimes not. we're really not and i'm saying that with my chest <laughs> But I think that regardless of whether we're right or not, if legions of queer and trans folks point to certain songs and say, hey, there's something here, regardless of whether or not, like, there was something there in someone's mind when it was being written, it's it's there for the people who are analyzing it. This resonates, th- this resonates with us. And that's what this podcast is. I mean, this is what this podcast is for, right? For us as queer and trans people to say, that's interesting. That makes our ears go, hello as people who've read critical theory and as people who love to analyze that we see those themes and patterns. Right. Um, and then they pop out to us. Right. So. Right. So in, conclu- so in conclusion, it's gay if you want it to be. <laughs> like A, B, it's trans. It's trans if you want it to be. <laughs> it's trans if you um, want it to be. C, sometimes the most obvious reading for a song or a piece of literature or an artwork are not the most interesting and don't encompass all of what is is there or could be there. And Yo, maybe we should look really good Yeah, maybe we should look a little deeper. We don't always yeah. need to stick with the surface level analysis of something. Um, again, surface level not meant with any kind of derision. Surface level is just being the most obvious thing that people can pick up on immediately. Totally. And I think we've gotten into how some of these themes like start to connect more through this reading, like drowning and marriage and mirrors. Um, and maybe the demo lovers are both Gerard. Maybe they are. I like to think about it. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last time we wrapped up um, by talking about our favorite moment um, that had happened so far on the tour. And the last time that we recorded an episode, the tour had just started. It was, they were it like, it had just started. Isn't that crazy? I feel it like that. just started. That's crazy. And now we are recording this episode two days after the last of the the European shows. So it's wrapped up. Um, and the next time that My Chemical Romance plays a show, we're going to be at the show 10 days after that one. That's, so that, don't say that to me. Don't say that to me. That's so uh, Hey, have you thought about that? Have you thought about that? I've never thought about it. And I don't <laughs> think about it now. 
and I think about it constantly. Um, so that's where we are uh, temporally. And, um, in in can, queer time, well, here, it, this is where we are in queer time. <laughs> Queer time, we are two days after the yeah. second. Yeah. <laughs> a Bond show. So, Marin, what was your favorite uh, moment of the tour so far? It's so hard because it really feels like we've been so many places. By places, I mean just like in ju- just not physical places. We've just been so many places on this tour. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We've just gone a lot of, we've gone a lot of, a lot of ways. We've gone a lot of ways. I think the one that's, fresh in my memory at this moment and you're nodding at me and my favorite thing at the moment is that for the last ever song the last ever song of the european tour um they did cancer and there is footage of frank on the side of the stage like listening very intently and singing along and it makes me think of the quote from the black parade like extended booklet where he talks about how it's um his favorite song that MCR has ever has ever written um and how he's in his favorite band and I just I just think that's nice I think I think it's nice that he makes the set list and he said I want to hear it (laughs) I want to hear it last and then and then is in his favorite band I just think that's nice Mm -hmm. and then has perhaps quite an emotional reaction to it I don't know I haven't seen like a whole video of it has quite an emotional reaction to it it looks like quite a, an emotional reaction, and that makes me, in turn, quite emotional. <laughs> I love seeing how much he cares for this band. Because I care for this band a lot, too. But fucking Frank Iero gets to be in it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Fuck you, dude. Um, this dude This dude literally said, I am creating the I Love My Chemical Romance train, and you're all just riding on it while I drive you off a cliff. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say, too? It was... I was going to say it if you didn't say it. Great. Um, I can... I mean, there have been so many good things, right? That there's plenty of backups. Um, And for me, it's been all the little outfits. That was going to be my thing if you didn't say it. So I'm glad we covered (laughs) both of the things. Good. Good. Yeah, I love love that every shot of the stage, it looks like that one photo of, like, like, families hanging out with their one goth child (laughs) it looks like it's like it's like mom dad and brother and then just like this one fucked up teen and our clown (laughs) this one fucked up gremlin in the front and that's gerard yeah ray toro wears the same shirt every night and then gerard yeah wears a clown suit and 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 wears dirt there have been okay there have been so many good looks let's talk about um the the tank top with the dirt essential um, trent reznor hello i'm i'm seeing the I'm influence seeing the reference. yeah <laughs> yeah we had that we had um filth clown obviously filth clown might be my favorite filth clown might be my favorite too i'm i'm right with i'm really into filth also filth clown the way you're saying that is really something i think they called it filth clown <laughs> we got so close to like filth is my politics um on stage you know I think we're circling it. I think we might get there eventually. Um, and then we would be remiss to not mention the shorts. The the teeny tiny shorts. Here's the thing. We do have to mention the shorts. The shorts feel like a, a year ago. <laughs> the shorts feel like a year ago. I feel like I've, I've, I've lived and relived the experience of the shorts again. But again, I got really bad at my job at approximately 2 p.m. on the day of that show. There was simply nothing like being online during that show 
There was nothing like it. I my Tumblr dash has never been hornier. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But thank you, Gerard Way, for wearing shorts. Um, thank you, Gerard I think Way, that was a really important for the shorts. For thank you, Gerard Way, for consistently broadcasting how important short shorts are yeah. to you yeah. and it's, to the world. It's lent me to make more bold short shorts decisions this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gerard, thank you for that. You're um, you're a cultural icon and influence. Um, <laughs> you're a visionary. And, Nice legs. Yeah. And nice legs. Um, <laughs> and, and, nice, and nice legs. Your nice legs, legs look good. Um, my also favorite thing about that was when the next day, the first like batch of photos that came out included only things from above, from for Gerard above the waist. I know! And it was like, okay, in Pride Month, Horrible. during Pride Month, you're censoring him? <laughs> we went straight into homophobia. Yeah. Like, hurdled. But then we got, yeah. we got some, so it was okay. We all survived. Do you have more to say? I was just gonna say you took I took a breath like you were gonna. I also love um, corpse paint poncho. Oh, corpse paint poncho! I'm casting a spell on my guitarist um, over the that, over the west sure. over the west to make you think of me, Andre Toro. Oh yeah, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> okay. Okay. Stupid and dumb. Okay. Stupid and dumb. And that's your Gerard costume recap. Thanks for tuning in. Literally, Jesus. <laughs> No, but I guess, again, it makes me so happy to watch them just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, fucking um, awesome. And have fun with it. Fucking awesome. I don't think there's any cohesive, like, character or thought that went into any of those looks. No, me either. I think that he walked me past either. the store and found a found a clown outfit. I think um, so, too. I know. I know that people are, like, trying to read into, like, broader themes and stuff with this tour. And I think that the broad theme is having some fucking fun with my friends. I think that that's yeah. the theme. Is, I is love holy that shit, theme. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah. I love that. And I'm ready to have so that. much fucking fun in oh the US. God. Are you ready? Are you ready? This is just a little plug right now to say, if you are listening to this podcast and you are going to the Albany show, if you are going to the Montreal show, if you are going to the Brooklyn, the first Brooklyn show, if you are going to the first Newark show, if you are going to Riot Fest, or if you are going to the Minneapolis show, we will be there because we, we are there. insane people. Yes, and we will be at those shows. We'll be at the shows. So fucking excited to go to those shows. I would really love to um, record a podcast episode while sitting in line. I think that'd be really great. And I think that I think, you know, we'll announce we'll talk as we continue to record more podcasts, we will mention what shows we're gonna be at closer to. But this is just your like little your little preview that we're gonna be at some shows and we wanna we're stoked to have some fucking fun yeah see you in the pit like that i'm very excited to to get a little rowdy yeah i guess that's the podcast that's the podcast <laughs> thank you for listening hey thank you everybody for listening it's so again it's so fun to hear your feedback where can we be found on the internet um the internet is a great place <laughs> so true my chemical romance is not currently on tour the, uh, we have a Tumblr, which is honeythispodcast.tumblr.com. We have an Instagram, which is honeythispodcast. We have a Twitter, which is honeythispod. I sh- we should maybe post more things um, on We that. should. I'm bad at using Twitter because Twitter does stress me out. So we're going to do our best. Yeah, we'll be more active probably on Tumblr and Instagram. If you want daily updates, check out our Instagram probably. But um, Or you can follow me specifically at 
uh, tasteofchaos2005.tumblr.com. Yeah, and you can follow me specifically at boy-zone.tumblr.com. And we blog at Gerard Tweets. We're, we're posting those tweets. We're working hard in the tweet mines for you every the day. The tweet mines. We dig up these. We're, we we're, up these we're chipping up. We're chipping up a good hunk of tweet. We're every day. Every day. <laughs> every day. Yeah. Um, it's terrible for our backs and our lungs. <laughs> oh, it's horrible, but we do it for you. And um, we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We are. And, uh, Things that be, people on podcasts they say rate us on Apple Podcasts. They I think do that's say good that for your podcast. So rate I, it. I, um, I guess you can do that if you want. You should do that. I think that would be that would be that'd be cute. You should do it. It'd be cute. So yeah, thanks again for listening. Um, and we'll see you next time. We will see you next time. <laughs> I just wanted to pause cool. for dramatic effect. <laughs> yeah, cool. cool. It was a cool. Long pause. <laughs> Okay, goodbye.